Hey everybody, wanna help support the show? Well, head on over to patreon.com slash radio. Even a dollar a month helps us keep the show going and gets you access to a bunch of exclusive content. Thanks, on with the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Long Time Ago Radio, a conversational podcast about Star Wars and the official podcast of a StarWarsPodcast.com. I'm your host, Joshua Mobley, and I'm joined by my two favorite fans in the galaxy, Alex Vargas and Rebecca June Lane. How are you two doing? Doing well. Doing cool. Good. Did, did you realize it's our 50th episode? <gasps> Whoa. Isn't that crazy? That doesn't count specials and watch-alongs and things on, obviously. So we're we're past that, but this is our 50th official episode. That's amazing. Thank That's you, cool. people who do are two fireworks. years. Yeah. Two whole yeah, years. Yeah, two our lives. whole years. Uh, real quick before we get into the whole like what's been going on and everybody's galaxy and all that stuff, I wanted to mention that we put up a big post on the Patreon today. Although listening. When you, by the time you're listening to this now, it'll be like yesterday. But it's up on patreon.com slash radio. Going into our second year, we wanted to make some changes to the Patreon. So we've done as follows, and I'll just list the bullet points, basically. We have pretty much removed almost all of the goals, uh, except for one, because most of the goals were, let's be honest, if we were going to reach them, there's no way with all of our schedules that we were going to be able to actually like, unless this podcast was our job, there's no way that we'd actually be able to uh, achieve some of these things and like do them in a regular way. So we are possibly going to do new goals in the future. Um, There is still a goal for the $200, um, which is the live stream cantina chats once a month that I think we could probably do just fine. But all of the other ones were kind of like, mm, I don't know if we're going to be able to do these. So maybe we'll just, well, that's the thing. So with the removal, though, it means that without even hitting those goals, we might be doing a lot of that stuff in the future, just not super regularly. So, for instance, one of the goals was that the po- we would do a video versions of the podcast. Well, we're just doing that now, basically, uh, with this episode being the first one. Uh, we're just going to put them on YouTube from now on. Um, a lot of the older episodes will take a while to get on YouTube because they have to be re-exported as videos. So those will be, you know, in due time. But going forward, every new episode will also be on YouTube on top of being on all of your favorite podcast services. Um, what else are we doing? Alex, you and I are going to start live streaming every so often. Yeah, we're going to take a look and see about doing some game live streams. And then we have some conventions coming up this year, next year, that are going to require some cosplay builds. So we're going to see if we can do some yeah. costume build live streaming. And then uh, aside from that... Yeah, we're going to do... Our... Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. That way you can actually see how yeah. you know a Stormtrooper helmet is made. Or how you make a vibroblade. Or how to paint yeah. Leku's blue. You know there's tons of stuff we can do so we're going to try to make a little more a little more active in that aspect yeah we're going to do some of that stuff um we're going to uh occasionally do let's plays of my star wars game collection because i have a bunch of stuff so alex is going to come over and we're going to play some stuff again those those will not be coming out like fortnightly like we said on the goals page they will come out 
basically when we get around to doing them or when we have time. And some of those Let's Plays will include board games and things like that because Alex knows I have uh, multiple Star Wars board games and counting. So uh, we can we can do videos about X-Wing and Star Wars Destiny, which we've yet to play and I really want to play. And Yeah, we also have that things. card game in another language too that we need to try to oh, translate. Yeah. Because Our I've been in another lane. Oh, from Sterling. Yeah, yeah friend of the show. Yeah, so I forgot will, all about that. We will bring a computer and we will try to translate and figure out how to yeah, play the game. As so. we play, all of game night will be us figuring out how to play this. That yeah. is funny. That'll be interesting. Um, what I'm, off, be? I'm also dedicated <clears throat> to this summer doing a full playthrough, finally, for the first time of Knights of the Old Republic. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I can, uh, and I kind of want to edit that together and put put it online. Um, I got a lot of shade, not a lot of shade. I got an appropriate amount of shade at Celebration for never having played that game. So listen, it's an old game. Hey, some I've of the stuff is outdated. It's fine if you've never played it. You know, it's fine. You should you should go play it because it's very good. But I don't know if you should feel bad. Or you can watch me play it later this summer because that's I'm gonna, gonna happen. I think I'm just gonna do that because I don't. I, I hear it's a fun game, but I don't have time for games. I'm just going to watch you play, Becky, and I'll live vicariously through your your character. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. And, you know, one of the one of the things I edited at IGN was all of the cutscenes. Well, I- even if you watch all of the like cutscenes of Knights of the Old Republic, you're not going to get yeah the full thing. But I think I did also edit like literally the whole game, like every conversation into like a fifty, like four total hours like 15 hours of the game, game. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think i, I played that i've escaped the ship at the beginning about 30 times and then i get <laughs> to like the city and i do like one mission and then i turn it off and i never go back so <laughs> i'm very excited yeah. <laughs> to finally dig in um, yeah it's a game that gets better as you dig yeah um, i can't wait i can't wait to get the references yeah. i mean I feel like I know so many of the characters by playing uh, other Star Wars games. Um, yeah. So Galaxy of Heroes specifically, but yeah. Yeah. Shout Can't out to work. Mission. She's great. Yeah. Um. What? What else? We mentioned D twenty three earlier. Yeah, um, D twenty three. We're gonna make some really cool exclusive. They're gonna be little things, but they're gonna be things that are gonna be limited, and we'll hide around. And if you're there at the convention, come meet us, and we'll we'll hand you some too. Yeah, I also, going back to our Patreon post, um, I talked specifically about D23, uh, and I mentioned that we would have a bunch of swag to give away, and I said, stay tuned to our Twitter feed and our Instagram, which are both LTA underscore radio. We're going to post a lot of info on meetups, scavenger hunts, all that good stuff. Um, and yeah, D23 is going to be fun. I'm like, we, we're almost done planning, and I'm almost done getting all the money scrounged up to pay for it but i'm i'm pretty excited <laughs> it's gonna be a fun convention and it'll be nice to have something that's star wars plus disney plus marvel and then a little bit of 20th century fox peppered in there i mean it's it's mm-hmm. just gonna be a lot of fun and then two days of galaxy's edge right before that i mean i'm probably yep. gonna go broke after day one but still you got a <laughs> budget because you got to eat breakfast lunch and dinner every other day so it's gonna be fun mm-hmm. yeah should be great. Um, trying to see if there's anything else on the post. Oh, and then our new logo. Yeah. That I designed. It's very spiffy. nice. Yeah, thank you. It looks. I think it looks good. 
Um, so we'll have, uh, and there's going to be a new, okay, I guess last thing. Uh, we are going to do a new new year, new round of Patreon physical reward exclusives. Yes, yes. If you are on the $5 and up tier, you're good. You're going to get stuff. Physical uh, stuff. Physical things. Tangible, you can touch it. Yes, if you're on the dollar and up, uh, you will not. So consider bumping up to five dollars for the month. Who is calling me? What do you want? Get out of here. That's a Patreon Sorry. member right there being anyway. like, "I want to go from one dollar a month to five dollars a month." <laughs> like, give me, give me those exclusives. I want to touch it. Yeah, really. Um, but yeah, so you'll get that. We don't necessarily know. Well, we have some ideas. We have we have an initial it. idea for like we have an initial, initial idea thank you gift and then we have some others that we're gonna yeah. play around to and who knows i mean if we're going to galaxy's edge someone might get something cool just saying yeah um yeah so we're we're currently putting that together you can imagine things like patches and some other random things will be in there um and that's it for now but we'll update everybody when uh we get those done we still have to design the year two patron shirt uh, the patron, the year one patron, sh- or the year two, technically, we're going on to year three. So, but year two of the Patreon, we're going on to. So, the year one of the Patreon shirt is going to be retired very soon. So, those of you that got it, you got it. If you still want one, you know, you can back the show at I think it's $15 uh, for that package, and you get that shirt sent to you. Um, but if you wait, uh, we'll have a new one. I We have to try and come up with a design. We can talk about that after the show, though. About what kind of thing we might want. Um, but yeah. I think that I think that's it. So we can well, now we can properly start the show after doing all that level... Or level 50. All that uh, episode <laughs> 50 uh, jazz. So, Becky, what have you been doing? What kind of Star Wars stuff have you been getting into? I am deep into Asajj Ventress. She is just in my head and everywhere. I'm continuing to read Dark Disciple. <laughs> uh-huh. And yeah. I'm, I'm also an hour and a half into the audio play Dooku Jedi Lost. Oh, um, my God. I'm... Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm it's excited inter- to start it, but I, I got to finish Master and Apprentice. I keep, uh, you know, keep slacking. I, I'm curious, Josh, because I don't listen to the only audiobook I've listened to of um, Star Wars is the uh, from a certain point of view. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm curious how much, you know, you'll feel that this audio play differs from an audio book because the Star Wars audiobooks are really layered and textured with sound effects and music. Um, but yeah, no, you have actual conversations here. You have different voices, na- like basically different chapters are narrated by dooku or asajj or you know and you get actual conversations and um at first i was like i wonder if this is gonna feel hokey uh but no it's great it's it sounds like an old school radio drama as i think we said on the last episode i I got to talk to the writer at celebration he comes from like the bbc legit still living radio drama world he wrote for doctor who's radio dramas um so yeah it's really exciting and the person who's playing Asajj sounds exactly like the actress from the tv show um but yeah it's Even interesting it's, not, right? it's it's not at all and Dugu sounds nothing like Christopher Lee um but 
you also get to see like hear about young Dooku, which is very interesting. And I think both. Yeah, of I got be... I, I got to a scene in Bastion and Apprentice where it just said before, and then it was like a memory of young Quagon and young and younger, still old, but younger uh, Dooku on a mission before he was uh, before he turned and all well, that. Well, this is great because I feel like this is some content we've talked about on the show that would be good to have. Like, like you know, I was just listening to a scene where he was still like a Padawan. Um, he was like a teenager, um, a young teenager. So it's 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 very interesting. Um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. Um, I know we mentioned last week that we want to do a book club uh, for Dark Disciple, and I still want to do that when I finish. And I think we're going to do that as a Patreon exclusive. Um, so if you guys... yes. Heard us for a little about bit that. yeah <laughs> and then it'll be available for everyone there you go um so yeah if, if you started reading because we said to last week keep reading um, i'm gonna hopefully finish <laughs> it in the next week and uh yeah so that's where i'm at i'm all assage yeah. all day i love her i'm all about it oh awesome. and and my sister for a belated birthday present got me a hundred dollar gift card to thank you jessica you're the best um uh her universe nice uh, so I've been looking online at stuff to get, and there's some cool Asajj, um, like, like running workout pants that look really cool that I'm going to get. So, yeah, that's, that's my Star Wars life. What about you, Alex? Uh, I've been buying stuff. Just, just here. <laughs> no, no. It's, like you do. <laughs> spending like money. Like I do. Spending money. Money that I shouldn't. Um, no, I, I've found a few action figures here and there. Nothing too crazy. I feel like I did something super Star Warsy, and I can't remember what it was. Um, oh, I, we we watched the live stream of the Galaxy's Edge uh, opening ceremony, which was a lot of fun. Oh. Uh, kind of got us ready to go in August, and I've been living vicariously through all my friends' posts on Instagram and Facebook. But at the same time, not looking at too yeah. much because I want to still go into the land and and discover it new, as opposed to going in there and knowing exactly where everything is. That's where I'm at. I, I haven't yeah. read or seen anything, and I know we're going to talk more about the opening mm. later, right, Josh? But um, yeah, I haven't. Yeah. I don't know anything. Literally, what you t- told me about your friend and the droid earlier, I didn't even know you could you could make droids until you just told me. So I'm kind of in a total Star Wars blackout for both Galaxy's Edge and uh, and Episode Nine from here on out. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be I've hard not to know. Did a lot of pictures. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> You've deeped out. You're going in well, headfirst. Well, here's the thing, right? Like, um, we found out, like, at, so I run a lot of the GameSpot stuff, so I see all the numbers, and the, the number one thing last week was our gallery. It was, like, 60 pictures from the media day at Galaxy's mm-hmm. Edge, and it had got, like, millions of views, and oh I was God. like, all right, I got to see this. <laughs> so I looked through a couple of them, uh, and I won't say anything, but place looks real cool i know everything i pick up on it just sounds and i did see i did see two of the easter eggs Um, oh yeah they're very they're very clever one of them is like funny you know and then another one is like i might have i might have figured it out if i saw it but uh i was told about it and then saw it later and was like oh yeah there's that thing so I kind of convinced my parents I'm in Atlanta for my sister's wedding shower and, you know, actually it was their idea. They got a little drunk 
Disneyland came up, and now all of a sudden we're planning a trip to Disney World next year to go to Galaxy's Edge. So nice. I'm pumped for nice. that. Um, I'm definitely going to go to Disneyland with you guys uh, in December, I think, you know, if we go hang out down there. I for am going in December now also. Yeah. I so, mean, if, if there's another trip, yeah. I have no excuse well, as to why I shouldn't go. Well, we're going to go Dude, see episode let's go, nine together, right? Well, because we episode nine's coming out, so we can go see that down there. And rumor is that well, uh, that that comes out really close to Christmas, though, right? It does. Um, but I mean, we can make a weekend of it. It's not like you that take could a full be the day tail to end. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Rise of the Resistance yeah. ride is supposed to open sometime in September. Oh, that's not even open yet. That's not even open no, yet. It's not so open so yet. think about it. We hit Disneyland in August, then we go back again, and you know december we'd ride yeah. the ride i mean it's it'll see, be interesting to see but we can we can figure that out and also see, here's um the... i was just gonna say real quick uh first couple weeks of december are perfect travel weeks because everyone traveled for thanksgiving and everyone's going to travel for christmas so very few people travel during those weeks so it might not be totally insane i went to disneyland on christmas eve once and it was dead nobody <laughs> not a single person like uh my little sister was like really little at the time, like maybe seven or something. And so my da- like my dad got, you know, the, the stereotypical picture of like holding the, you know, the kid's hand walking up to the castle. Mm-hmm. So the, my parents have that picture of him holding my sister's hand, like walk up to the castle and there's nobody in this shot. Like <laughs> it's and, and then we went on Space Mountain. It was like me and my cousin and we went on Space Mountain and it would go all the way around. And then there was literally no one. So oh when it God. came back, we would just be like, hey, can we... Do-? Like, there would be up to one or two people, but they just got on and we're like, can we go again? And they're like, sure. There's literally no one here to take our spot. So, well, I, so I, I told yeah. you my January 2nd story. I went on January 2nd and you guys laughed at me because it's cold. But it wasn't cold. It was like 65 degrees. So we were able to ride Splash Mountain like eight times in a row because nobody wanted to get on because you guys in LA are weak. Oh, yeah. That's, that's always the way oh, totally. it is. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes. Alex, we went for the Tron thing, right? And it rained. Oh, for Electronica? Yeah, we went for Electronica. Remember, it like rained on us. I think so. Yeah. Was I mean, Electronica, I... some sort of Tron-themed electronic music yeah. dance party. Oh, uh, yes, that's exactly what right it was. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It, it was, was in it was California beautiful. Adventure. Wow. And, uh, they basically had like a a, a a pop-up dance thing that was outside in Hollywood in the Hollywood area. Hollywood then, Studios, uh, the Hollywood Pictures backlot took up the whole yeah, area. Yeah, and and then they had built a Flynn's Arcade in that there. That is so cool. And you cool. could go in, and the tokens even said Flynn's Arcade, and we kept some. What? Um, and they just had like all these old '80s arcade games, and you could you could get tokens and like play arcade games and yeah, they had a big like dance thing and they were serving like martinis and stuff. It was legit. It was so cool. Okay. So I did something kind of like that. There was a frozen dance party they did for one summer and they gave out light up drinks. It was amazing. Yep. A lot of people have been asking me recently, you know, Oh, how do you feel about Disney and star Wars? How do you feel about this whole thing? Especially with galaxy's edge opening up. And it's such a weird question to me because I understand that people are scared of big business and, you know, conglomerations and and monopolies, but they just have such an understanding of what is cool, what is nerd cool, and how to use this stuff. I can't wait to see Galaxy's Edge. Like, the way you're describing that Electronica Festival, it sounds like awesome. 
and they just know how to make this stuff so cool and vibrant and alive oh i can't wait but you know what they should really do just just putting this out there in case a disney executive is listening you guys should stop making remakes of the disney movies and do tron 3 you guys are such Tron fans. I just, love it. I'm just saying. Just yeah. it's trying to put the last Disney thing out there, but Tron. we need we need Tron three. Just just saying. It'll happen. Just, oh please. We need you MCP to happen. come back. You guys teased in the special features. Bring it back. <laughs> All right, Star Wars. Star Wars. Oh wait, Josh. Yeah. Anything in your life? Still just slowly crawling through Master and Apprentice. It's it's E three week, so I'm really busy. Um. Speaking of E3 week, is there going to be Star Wars games news that we're going to get? Yeah, there were. So Saturday morning is e- EA's play live stream, which is two and a half hours, and each half hour is a different game. And I believe the first game is Jedi Fallen Order. So they're gonna. The way they're doing it is basically they're sitting down uh, with developers and just playing and talking about the games for like a solid half hour. Have we seen any gameplay yet? Nope. nope. It'll, be It'll be the first, be the first time, time on Saturday uh, that we see it at all. So, Very exciting. Yes. So it should be that should be pretty exciting. I expect some people to be like, this isn't what I wanted, and I expect other people to be like, this is amazing. But I think we'll anyone who says this isn't what I wanted on Twitter should not be able to buy the game. <laughs> They'll still buy it, you know. Hey, let I just feel like that because well, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people are expecting Force Unleashed, like again. But I thought people action-y. didn't like Force Unleashed because it was no, too people action-y. love Force Unleashed. No, people love that game. The people, the reason people didn't like it at the time was because it was like five hours long. Uh... But now, you know, everybody loves it. Um, it's the same with Majora's Mask, or, or not Majora's Mask. Uh, <laughs> I Wind Waker. Like Everybody Dragon. was like, Zelda Wind Waker is lame. And then you get older and they're like, that game was always great. And it's like, <laughs> no. Y'all are like forgetting history. Like, I, you know, everybody like made fun of that game forever. Now that now it's, oh, it's a critical darling. Like, get um, out of here. I remember. <laughs> unpopular opinion. I always loved uh, Wind Waker. I've always hated Majora's Mask. Too stressful. So I hated it random aside but like i hated it until i played it again as an adult and now i love it fair enough i'll have to replay it it's much better now as an adult it's very stressful when you're a kid uh it's still kind of stressful but it's uh, too much responsibility like (laughs) oh my gosh this this is a star wars podcast guys sorry (laughs) anyway yes they're gonna show off jedi fallen order on saturday we're gonna see it it's gonna gonna be awesome um yeah i think that that's it if we want to get into the topic of the show let's get rolling clan Bisla is with you clan rook is with you clan elder is with you clan crease is with you the protectors are with you clan ren is with you now i understand why the saber came to me it came to me so i could pass it to you I accept this sword for my sister, for my clan, and for all of Mandalore. All right, so we kind of had to cut this topic in half. 
because we kind of realized how big it is. Uh, we were originally going to do the lore of Mandalore and the Mandalorians, and you guys got through just Legends, and then we're like, nope, we need to do two episodes. So this will be just Legends lore for Mandalore and the Mandalorians. Which, Which I know I, not a lot about. <laughs> no, I know nothing. And I'm excited about this because, you know, I feel like even though we cleared the old canon, we have a new canon, writers, comic book writers, movie writers are paying attention to Legends a bit, if you guys agree, just to maybe yeah. bring some stuff in. So with the upcoming Mandalorian mm -hmm. series, I feel like going in with all this background knowledge might make it even cooler if we spot some of these references, right? Yeah, and there's if once we go into the next episode when we're talking about the canon lore, you'll see that they pulled you know little bits and pieces, but at least the main bits of the history from the uh, you know the old storylines into the new canon, and they just haven't fleshed it out as much as it yes. used to be. So they're they're definitely pulling things here and there, being like, oh well, you know this war did happen. We're just not going to go and describe certain characters that may no longer you know have be a need for them yeah yeah so they 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 even did that in like rebels a lot of mandalorian stuff mm -hmm. that was only in legends got pulled into rebels and made canon again so um it's just like a matter of like i the way i kind of see it and this is more of a broad legends thing is like uh it's sort of like a half truth like, still, like, all of the stuff, it's still sort of a half-truth unless proven otherwise. So, like, off the record, a lot of this stuff could still be the way it is. It's just not until it's mentioned again, you know, then it's sort of, like, re-solidified. Which is why, I sorry, well, I just, I just yeah. love the word legends for that. I was going to say the exact same thing because it doesn't necessarily yes. mean that it's not true. It's just... The legends of what could have been or what may I, still oh, be. Yes, yes, love that wording. Yeah. Yes. Um, and before All you right. get started, Alex, I just want to say how interesting that everything you're gonna say <laughs> is based around a character that was meant to be nobody and had cool armor and <laughs> gained a fan base and then gained a galaxy's worth of background story and legend and all this stuff, right? So I just find the fact that the Mandalorian culture even exists so interesting. But let's let's get in it. All right. So I went through Wikipedia because Wikipedia, you know, people, I'm assuming someone got paid to compile all this information because, my God, it's a ton of information. And I tried to condense it as best as I could with, you know, still hitting the main points. But there's still a lot of information in here. And this history only goes up into the beginning of the Clone Wars animated series. So this is the one that had the, the seven seasons, the one that was on Netflix for a while. Um, but I'll just kind of go through bullet points. Unfortunately, there's a lot of bullet points, and it gets a little... Not There's a lot of characters, but you'll, you'll start seeing themes, and you'll start seeing characters and, and names of different clans kind of pop up that you'll recognize within the canon from uh, Clone Wars and also Rebels. So the very first Mandalorians, they were known in their uh, nomadic name as the Mando-Ad, they were a group of uh, nomadic clans people from multiple species and genders that were bound together by a common culture. So that's important. This is not They're, a race we're talking is. about. This is, no. a, as, as Wikipedia calls it, a ethno-linguistic culture group. Mm -hmm. 
but the origins of the culture did start with a single race, which is really interesting because you'll see, you'll see kind of go about back and forth with this. So uh, the early culture evolved around battle with war being a prideful part of their community. And the original species of Mandalorians were the Tong, T-A-U-N-G from, from the planet Coruscant. Coruscant. Okay. Uh, from Coruscant, yeah. So it's a, a major planet. After they were driven off planet, uh, they were led by a warlord known as Mandalore the First, and they would go to conquer their first planet in the Outer Rim in the year 7000 BBY. So in the old canon, they still use this reference now. BBY is years before the Battle of Yavin. So pretty much before episode four. You're gonna, I'm going to say BBY a lot because you're looking at 7,000 yeah. years before the first Star Wars Just movie. think so like, like, like old stuff. Yeah, like A New Hope is like the year zero, basically. In <laughs> yep, there you being go. like Jesus, I guess, though Jesus was born. Sort of, yeah. I or- think it's just that it's like the origin <laughs> point of the universe, and so everything sort of branches backwards and forwards from it, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... These original Mandalorians, their armor uh, was very unique. It was also known as Crusader armor, and they varied from soldier to soldier. So there wasn't the standard uniform that you see with the Mandalorians, especially with the Mandalorian mercs and the costuming groups that you see today. A lot of it varied per warrior. They kind of chose what they Kind of like an Emphy's Nest type group? There you go, yes. Just like Emphy's Nest. So over time, they would go on to conquer a number of planets and create a section of space known as Mandalore Sector. So through these conquests, they brought in new peoples and species into their culture. Sometimes these species would surrender themselves and become part of the Mandalorians, or at other times, through the battles, after a conquest, the Mandalorians would say, you know, you guys were great warriors. We want to have you as part of our group. We want to bring you in as a clan. So were they, like, is this a very war folk? Like, are they, I mean, you know you said they're focused around war. So are they conquering violently? Or are they just hopping from planet to planet, conquering other civilizations? It's it's all okay. pretty violent. Like they're they're, <laughs> they're not they're, like saviors. They're, they're, they're not the good conquest. guys. No, you know how the Romans would kind of go out and the British and all those people would be like, you know, we're saving the planets. But in reality, they're like, or the Americans. <laughs> yep. Or the Americans or every other <laughs> yes, country. Yes, yes. Um, it's it's the same idea except in this case, you know who's a good example? This is a really random example. You know the Klingons sure. from Star Trek. How they're very like warrior based. Think of them as like the uh, the wrinkled okay. Mandalorians. So let's jump to 4,000 years BBY. And at this point, the Mandalorians were led by a man known as Mandalore the Indomitable. And during this time, they continued their expansion campaign, and they would end up attacking the planet Basilisk. Now, this is important because this is a gal- during the time when the Galactic Republic okay. existed. The Galactic Republic decided not to send relief effort to help the natives. I'm sorry, no, rewind. They would decide to help relieve the natives with all this but unfortunately the planet was overrun by the amount of mandalorians attacking the planet so what did the inhabitants do they decided to poison their planet in order to make it uninhabitable for the mandalorians but during this time the mandalorians would take a large uh, number of basilisk war droids and the reason i bring these up is because these are these droids that would be used for years and years and years during their conquest so i guess this is the first time the galactic republic kind of put down their position being like against this Mandalorian conquest that was happening. Yeah, this is what, and it's one of those moments where they decided to kind of help people, but they weren't like, Oh, well, we're going to stop this menace. It was more of a, just, Hey, let's, let's try to help this one planet. It's an invading force. They were seen as a threat, but because they mainly kind of stayed in their own sector, the galactic Republic uh, at the time wasn't very like, Oh, you know, like the first order they weren't, 
seen as a big threat. And then you kind of saw what happened with the First Order. I love the, the politics of this. You can draw so many analogies to real world situations. Anyway, continue. Right. So after some time, the Mandalorians will start looking for new conquests and focus their attention to the deep core regions of space. This is another area. Uh, I'm pretty sure Coruscant is in the deep core. Yes. So after capturing the planet Kuar, the Mandalorians would find themselves against the fallen Jedi, the fallen Jedi also known as the Sith Lord, Ulic Queldroma, which I'm sorry if I'm saying these names Sure. Wrong, just really weird names. <laughs> right? Ulic Queldroma, that sounds like a Sith. Um, so during this time, the Mandalorians were beaten in battle, and they swore allegiance to Queldorma and his Sith Master, which is a pretty big character when you start talking about the Sith during this time. And this would be the first Mandalorian Sith Alliance. So during this time, you had the Sith not as a rule of two yet. There was still tons of Sith out there. You had the first major alliance between this giant army of, you know, warrior-like people and the Sith. So if you're the Republic, this is kind of a big Bad deal news. for you guys. Bad news. And then what happens? The Mandalorian Sith Alliance begins attacks on the Galactic Republic because with that much power, why not, right? During this time, they decide to invade Coruscant. And guess what? They pretty much reign terror on the entire planet. And then during this whole time, uh, there's a point where Mandalore the Indomitable, who was leading it, the Mandalorians at the time, was uh, captured and killed. Based off of the traditions of passing on the lineage and the uh, they had a special mask they would wear, another Mandalorian, which I don't think they ever mentioned who his name is, he finds the mask, puts it on, and becomes a new oh. leader of the people. So what's interesting is that the leader of their people is known as Mand Alor. It's M-A-N-D apostrophe A-L-O-R. Hmm. So you have the Mandalorians led by a person named Mand Alor. And what's interesting is that Mand Alor, as you'll see in the history of the character, it's not just men, it's not just women, it's, it's whoever is chosen by the people or has a succession, like a successor. So it's really interesting to see how there's really no one way for the rule... Of leadership to be passed on it just kind of depends on it's the situation not super organized it's more about like circumstance and, and bravado and it, it kind of is it's really interesting now i don't know if that was meant like they did that on purpose or again you had this is based off a bunch of comic books video games books you know the writing styles if someone thought oh well let's do this here let's do that it's there. like so 20 it's, it's really years of comics and extra novel information yeah and with that, with that many people influencing their, their storyline, it's interesting to see how they've changed the way that a leader can be created. So after the Sith War, because guess what? The Sith were defeated. Uh, the galaxy calmed down and there was some peace. Mandalore, the ultimate, who was the guy that found the mask, you know, all that fun stuff, decided to uh, rebuild the clans that had been hurt during the war. And at this time, he began welcoming members of different species in to build the clans. Now, this wasn't a conquest. These were people that... They found like people that they thought were noble enough and would help their their the creation of these new clans. So it was a more of a uh, an equal share with everything as opposed to we're going to take your planet over and now we're forcing well, you to be. What's us. fascinating though is that for the second time, the Mandalorians are not racially or species specific. They are they are no, just they're not. looking for warriors. That's fascinating. There's almost something mm -hmm. even though they're violent horrible people who align with the Sith. There's something honorable in that. Yeah, and a lot of this stuff was based off of ideology. You're not going to see anything where, like, with the Empire, they were very... They, they liked 
humanoids. They didn't necessarily like other species to be within the empire. There's there's none of that. They're just, you know, if you're honorable and you're willing to fight for us, we will have your back. Uh, they, were, they were, you know, honorable people. They didn't, they weren't racist or anything like that. Like, you don't have any of that kind of thing within the Mandalorian storyline. They're like I mean, there space are different factions, Spartans. but you don't have that. They're like space Spartans. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, actually, yeah, that's like a really good analogy. Um, so during this time when they're bringing in all these different species to create the clans, uh, they created a uniform armor in order to create order and rank amongst the different species. So this is the first time when you start seeing a standardized armor for the Mandalorians. And this new generation of warriors wearing this armor were known as the Neo-Crusaders. So a lot of these armor, they change a lot. You'll notice that the Neo-Crusaders, when you look them up, they almost have a royal guard feel to them. They're very dome and smooth as opposed to the Mandalorians that you see, like Boba Fett, Jango Fett. Uh, different different armor, and it's based off of the time period. Um, so what we'll do is we'll post some of these pictures on Facebook just so you can kind of see how their armor has evolved because not only has their ideology evolved over time, their armor evolves. You can kind of see the, oh, the nice progression. They kind of look like um, old-school Cylons. Yes, they do, yeah. And the one thing I've never been able to figure out is how they turn their heads. Yeah, it's kind of like also um, Ronan the Accuser in, in uh, where it's like yep. that helmet's cool, but do, can you look left or right? <laughs> That's why I, I've never I've never seen a drawing of one of those Neo Crusaders looking to the left. They're always facing the right way. You think for so. armor and the tactics that wouldn't be great, but who knows? <laughs> right. So the Mandalorian Neo Crusaders started a military military campaign of the Outer Rim. On, plan- on planets that meant little to the Galactic Republic. So you're looking at planets that were ruled by the... He- the, the Rewind. Gosh, so many, so many words. <laughs> so many nonsense words. Too. Yeah. Seriously. All right. The Mandalorian Neo-Crusaders started a military campaign on the Outer Rim, uh, specifically on planets that meant little to the Galactic Republic. So these are planets that are ruled by the Huts, like Tatooine. And during this time, they began to wipe out large populations but the Republic did not want to interfere because they had no no stake in the claim. They didn't really care. Then the Mandalorians hit the Republic hard. During this time, they would capture Jedi as prisoners, bombard planets with nuclear weapons, and nearly took over wow. the Republic. This is how nuclear the weapons, are. huh? Nuclear weapons. They there's oh, a passage in Wikipedia where they they talk about how they really didn't care about the inhabitants, and instead they would rather do a scorched earth policy. And they're like, let's just rain weapon, you know. And they, they, it's interesting to see how you went from a time of peace to building up your army to, hey, let's just start bombarding people and taking Can over. Can I the ask real quick? I know we have so much to get through, but why? What was this ideology they were, what were they pushing? What were they trying to transform the, the, the galaxy into? Or was it just pure power and conquest? It's pretty much power and conquest. They don't go too deeply into what motivated them other than the fact that they wanted, you know, Mandalorians were this united race of warriors. And it almost think about Manifest Destiny, but in Star okay. Wars, like th- these are lands that need to be ruled and we should be the people doing it to make sure that our culture survives. So they just thought about doing it in the most violent okay. way. So during this time, you know, they're op- they almost take over the Republic. They're capturing Jedi. Jedi are fighting against them. They were ultimately stopped by the Jedi. Okay, I'm going to have a hard time saying this. Jedi Revan Chists. And they were led by Jedi Knight Revan oh. and Malak, which Revan should be popular. And you guys Both know of those characters are in Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Yep. Ultimately, Mandalore the Ultimate was killed by Revan in battle. 
the Mandalorian fleet was destroyed and the Mandalorians surrendered. Revan stripped the Mandalorians of all their armor, destroyed their weapons, and took the mask of Mandalore, the, you know, their, the mask that had been passed down from generation to generation as their leader, to stop the succession of leaders. This is a way to try to end all these clans from uniting together just to kind of fracture them. This ended up causing the creation of the Mandalorian Mercs, which is a loose organization of bounty hunters and mercenaries. So you're getting now closer to what we see in the uh, more modern movies, but you're still about 3,000 years <laughs> away. So keep in mind that we've only gone through about 3,000 years of history, and we still have another 3,000 years to go from this point. It's a lot of history. It's a yeah. lot. A lot of history. So time goes by. The Jedi known as Revan has now become Darth Revan, and he would lead a new conflict that drew in Mandalorians, and ultimately in the end, right before Revan's death, or actually before he disappeared, he would hand over the mask of Mandalore again to a Mandalorian warrior known as <gasps> Cantor's Odo, telling him to reunite the Mandalorian He's also clans. in Galaxy so of he Heroes. May have tried this to destroy is so it. much good information for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Darth Revan, too. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a few other games where he's, you know, kind of stood out, and he was this close to being in Clone Wars. He's a, he's a pretty he big character. It's interesting to see how he connects with all this. So close. So now that Cantorus Ordo had the mask, he became Mandalore the Preserver. And his sole purpose was to join the scattered factions. Unfortunately, not everyone agreed. Some people tried to take control from him. And this led to a civil war. And it kept his people fragmented and they were never really united. Now we're hitting the year 3661. BBY. The Sith M. BBY. The Sith Empire returned and they asked the Mandalorians for aid. Because during this time the Sith again were not following the rule of two. There were multiple hold on. Can you guys hear that static? Yeah, it's fine. No. I don't hear anything. It's kinda of nice. It's like white noise. This is so great. I have there's so many characters in Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes that I use and love, but I don't know their origins. And, and now you do. So many characters. Now I do. Now you do. Okay, sorry about that. I, had, I was trying to fix something. It's all good. Oh, where am I? There's so much. Um, Sith Empire. Sith Empire uh, showed up and asked the Mandalorians for help. They asked the Mandalorians for help. Most of them said no. So what did the Sith Empire do? They set up a plan to create a new head of the Mandalorians. Based off of traditions, they figured, well, let's create a puppet military and create a new puppet leader. And so what they did is they found a, uh, a warrior who had no connection to any clan, no connection to any of the Mandalorians, other than the fact that that was his uh, original people, gave him the mask and turned him into the new Mandalore except he would become to known as Mandalore the Lesser because he wasn't really working to unite the people. He was working to make the Mandalorian to work for the uh, Sith Empire. Ultimately, Mandalorian, another Mandalorian warrior would kill Mandalore the Lesser and become Mandalore the Vindicated. Ooh. During this time, they continued to aid the Sith because at, you know they had already been doing that under the other leader, but they would do it very cautiously. But not all Mandalorians fought for the Sith. There was a group of them that would also fight wow. for the Republic. So there was also infighting. It wasn't always that they were together. This is probably the closest point 
since the uh, the destruction of them that they've had a tight-knit faction, but they're still divided between their Sith and the Republic. During the Sith Wars, the Mandalorian, sorry, during the new Sith Wars, the Mandalorians would end up fighting against the Sith. During this time, the Mandalorians regained power and numbers. The Republic and the Jedi struck back in hopes of reducing the strength of the Mandalorians. This caused the scattering of clans and the creation of the new Mandalorian faction. So this faction was focused on peace and Whoa. being neutral and thought that being neutral is the best way for their people to survive. Well, the yeah. Future. So this is kind of what you see in Clone Wars. This is the type of government that you see there. So you're looking still, this is probably about 200 years before the Battle of the Oven. So we're getting a lot closer to where we see Clone Wars. So at this point, a lot of the warriors had been uh, ostracized and sent off to uh, what planet? To the moon of Concordia, while there were a few traditionalists who continued to live their uh, traditional warrior values on the Mandalorian countryside. But they're figuring, you know, we've gone through these almost 7,000 years of turmoil. In order for us to preserve our culture, we need to be neutral. We need to try to have peace because, you know, you've seen them go from high points to low points and they've almost been completely wiped and out. Con- so you're seeing the... Concordia, mm-hmm. that's where we end up meeting like the Mandalorians in Clone Wars, right? We do. That's that's the moon that we see the the, the yeah, Death, Death Watch. Watch. Right, right. So the tradition of Mandalore, again, this is the leader that wears the, the special mask, would continue when Jaster Mareel would take the position in the year 60 BBY. This was uh, also worked, this kind of worked in hand, but also not officially with the government that had been set up by the new Mandalorian faction on Mandalore. During this time, he created the Super Commando Codex that asserted that any Mandalorians that wanted to fight should act as highly paid soldiers and as honorable mercenaries, that it would no longer be part of the grand culture. Rather, they would take that part of their their history and turn it into almost like a job, separate from the peace-loving people that had uh, created the other government. Again, not everyone agreed with this, and one of the main people that did not agree with this was Tor Vizsla who wanted an old Mandalore full of conquests and war. So what did he do? He created Death Watch. Which, if you watched Clone Wars, now you're like, oh, here we are. Oh, This is the creation man. of Death Watch, so it's not like a new thing. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> so Death Watch was created. Tons of infighting continued between Death Watch and the warriors who were loyal to Jester Mareel. Uh, those warriors were known as the New Mandalorians. This led to the Mandalorian Civil War. So this is a civil war, but it's through two smaller factions. Not like it did. It it was like previous wars where it would be basically all the Mandalorians versus on the Mandalorians. You had two focus groups that were separate from the government that had been set up on Mandalore. Uh, in the year fifty-two BBY, the true Mandalorians believed that they had struck down most of the Death Watch and never and no longer considered them a threat. But after a number of ambushes by Torvizla, uh, Jester Mareel <gasps> was killed. So this is where it kind of gets interesting, and they start bringing in some other really cool things. Uh, Jango Fett, who had been Jester Muriel's heir, t- took the position of Mandalore and became the leader of the true Okay, so this is not canon yet, though? Or is this canon? This is not. No, this is this all is, legends. No, this is canon. This is well, all I mean, Death Watch and Torvizla, and that's canon. Well, yeah. It is, but you have. this is, again, during the time a lot of this information was released, uh, before Disney purchased Lucasfilm, before they said this is new canon and we're only going to take you know references from the movies and the TV shows. So a lot of this you're going to start seeing 
is a mix of just everything before they kind but of But it's just it. so interesting to me that that whole section, this whole Death Watch concept and Concordia, that's all Legends, and they just plucked that right from Legends. That's great. Yeah. Uh, by the year 44 BBY, which is what, less than... T- some point. Ten years later, the, the new Mandalorians had crippled Death Watch. Well, they again, they thought they did, but one final attack orchestrated by Death Watch would bring the Jedi into the situation. The result would end up having 11 dead Jedi on the field and uh, Jango Fett sold into slavery after being taken prisoner. So at this time, he's still considered the head of Mandalore. Remember, he's still part of that whole lineage. After escaping, killing Tor Vizsla, and watching the remaining Death Watch members go into hiding, Jango grew distant from his people and his position as Mandalore. He moved to the role of a solitary bounty hunter while the planet Mandalore built itself up with a new Mandalore government, which would ultimately be led by Duchess Satine. So was Duchess Satine in Legends? Duchess Satine, I believe, was introduced in the Clone Wars cartoon. But again, during this time, all this stuff was still considered canon, but you have a mix of comic books, you have a mix of the cartoon series, you have a mix of books, you have a mix of uh, Star Wars Insider uh, news blurbs that they did during the Clone Wars, which are really cool. Um, so it's a mix of what we consider canon now and legends. Well, now. I find this Django stuff really interesting. Um. Yeah, the Django Fett story, it's really interesting, especially since you you read about how he was found uh, as a child and his whole story, which we'll go into next okay. episode. Just because I kind of want to flesh out, I think it's a good idea to flesh out the canon. And then there's a, a larger discussion as to whether... Where the uh, Fets fit in. Jango Fett. <laughs> where the Fets fit in and if Jango Fett and Boba Fett are true Mandalorians. So I think, you know, this the, most, the craziest thing about this is how, you know, for thousands of years it was conquest, murder, conquest, murder. And then peace just sprung up and kind of completely wiped out i mean totally completely by clone wars and a clone wars this you know violent mandalorian faction correct yeah it was a way of uh, self-preserving just because they had seen over the years they kept trying to fight and they would either uh, uh you know side themselves with the wrong side they would try to side with both sides and lose they had lost all their weapons and technology at one point so what do you do i mean you can't really fight back with you know rocks and sticks at this point you have to figure out a way to either be peaceful and survive or you wipe yourself well, out fascinating josh how much of this did you know none <laughs> <laughs> none of it uh i am not super uh you know versed in legends like at all i i bought a lot of legends books at celebration this year but uh yeah, I am, I'm not super well-versed in it at all. So this is all news to me. Um, what are, like, the main... If someone wanted to go back and read more about this awesome history, what are the, like, best key novels in Legends that really explore the story of the Mandalorians? Do you know that? I know they talk a lot about it in the comic okay. books that Dark Horse did for the Clone Wars. So that would probably be a really good starting point. Uh, I feel like they fleshed more of them out in the comic books than they did okay. in the books. Yeah, this and then seems you can like also a lot of dark a, or the, kind of stuff. Yeah, that and also the Knights of the Old Republic video game should also give you some some insights too. Cool. 
because a lot of what goes on during that time is during the same time time period with all this stuff so yeah. it's really really interesting and to and we should mention that um like the, the older public even had its own comic series and books mm-hmm. uh, all in that era and i bet a lot of that stuff uh, gets flushed out in there as well i'm seeing something called the republic uh commando novels are basically oh, yeah, mandalorian commando. novels oh well the re- weren't they young young readers and they did a lot of the clones well republic commando was a game and they did a couple novels but it's clone wars stuff like the republic commando stuff so i i think what they mean is just in the you know it's it's like the war the warlike nature of it all i don't know if they necessarily mean it well the republic commandos were a group of clones that's what the story is based off of uh, which there's some bits of story about how Jango Fett was the one that helped develop the type of armor that they wore, the you know the T visors that you see in a lot of their helmets, the training and all that, and a lot of that's legends, I believe. I don't know if it's been brought into the canon yet, but if you want to kind of sure. see his influence, R- Republic Commandos is probably a good place to check out too. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you, Alex, for Very doing cool. that deep dive for us. <laughs> yeah, the the deepest of dives. And that's an edited yeah, version. Yeah, and that's that's that's, that's like the most Cliff Notes version of Legends Mandalorian history that we probably could have asked for. So Yeah, it was it was ridiculous trying to summarize this because there's tons of characters I didn't put in, but there's lots of really fun Mandalore the something, Mandalore the something. And it's interesting to see how they either gained power or lost power, their species, how they were wiped out. It's it's really interesting and it's really funny because I didn't even get to the point where Boba Fett was created yet and there's still tons of story during the Clone Wars. I just didn't have time to put it in the summer. Um, so when we look at people, the amazing Mandalorian marks that show up, um, are they in it mostly for the costume or are they into this lore and do they find inspiration from, from these stories and stuff or is it mainly a kind of a builder like Boba Fett, Jango Fett kind of thing. It's a little bit of both. Um, I know that the costumes that they do, mainly what you see are the, the, the Jango Fett, Boba Fett style of Mandalorian armor, but there are members that do the new Neo Crusader. They do the original cool. versions. There's different types of, of armor, and if you go to their website, they'll show you examples of the different types of armor that represent the different eras of Mandalorian cool. history. Plus, they also follow the whole use of the language i mean they bring a lot of the character culture into their group and then aside from just doing the costumes which look awesome um they do a lot of charity work with the 501st legion with the rebel the rebel legion so it's they're they're super nerdy about what they do but they do a really good job with it and they're also doing stuff to help charity awesome but it's really cool to see the way they bring in all the culture and you'll see some of their posts and they're using the words that you know from the language of mandalore and the fact that certain types of armor represent certain eras of the time. And they'll also do their own custom clan, you know, paint jobs. It's, it's really, really cool. I love it. I'm yeah, they get to, to be a lot more. more creative, right? They're allowed to. And what's nice is that they they can do their own color schemes and they can make, you know, themes fit in with all of them. Where, you know, you do 501st and Rebel Legion, you're based off of characters that have very specific looks mandalorians because yeah you know you have to have a certain type of armor to represent a certain era because there are so many different clans within that time 
you can kind of create your own clan and go with your own color I scheme. It. I love it. It's very cool. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Well, awesome. All right. Next episode, we will get into the Mandalorians in <clears throat> new canon, and we'll go over all that. They're probably probably a lot less, but there's there's definitely a lot less, and then we can get into the discussion as to who's a true Mandalorian, what makes them a Mandalorian, and where we think the Mandalorian culture will go from here. Now that we have a new show called The Woo! Mandalorian, yeah, and we'll say the word the Mandalorian. At least another three hundred times in the next episode about the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. And I really liked your post how we were going to discuss Mandalore, like the lore. Mandalore. It's great. <laughs> anyway, uh, should we get on to the news? There's some cool, there's some interesting stuff I want to hear your opinions on in here. Let's do it. All right. I have good news for you, my lord. <laughs> Galaxy's Edge, you know that thing we've been talking about for like a year and a half? Like pretty much the entire existence of this show? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, he, it's, I almost said it's out. <laughs> uh, it's open. <laughs> it's open. You can go to, well, you can't go to it really, unless you have reservations. But <laughs> soon you can go to it. It's a real thing though that people can go inside and take pictures of now. It's, yeah. It's a real place. There are people, there oh, are people God. in there right now. Right now, there's people as we speak. Right on Bato, I've seen a lot of pictures. <laughs> I've heard firsthand tales from people who've been there. Uh, seems awesome, and I cannot wait to go in August. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I my wallet will not be happy, but I am gonna walk my in there and ugly will, cry, and then get in line. My wallet will deal with it because, because we've been waiting for this our whole lives. <laughs> Because I've been waiting for this my entire life, yeah. Since the announcement in 2015, it's been, what, four years? Oh my god, was it really And then? now it's, like, actually open. It was announced at 2015's uh, D23 time. Expo. Wow, that's way longer yeah. than this podcast. Yeah, now they get to go work on Marvel Land in California Adventure. Oh, th- that's going to be fun. We get a Spider-Man ride in California um, Adventure. I'm, I'm excited. Marvel Land's gonna be pretty but cool. Not as cool as Star Wars Land. Yeah. Not as cool as Galaxy. Um, I'm Red. as I said before, I'm kind of in blackout. I don't want to see too much that I can avoid. Though I imagine I'm gonna see a Disney commercial, Disney World Land commercial, sometime soon, featuring the land. Uh, you but, you uh, will. But I'm gonna try to avoid like <laughs> watching videos of people going through stuff because I just. I just kind of want to experience it myself. Yeah. But one tip that we talked about before the podcast, apparently your droids and lightsabers might not be able to go on a plane. Yeah, I wonder, though, because... So here's the thing. I, my friend of the show, Lily, co-worker, good friend, she got to go not only day one, she was at the like the ribbon cutting. She got, like, really good the reservation. Yeah. So... She was she was one of the first people to actually like go in outside of media. Um, she bought a lightsaber and a droid, and they wouldn't let her take them on the plane. Now, here's the thing: I I imagine a lot of it is because you know Galaxy's Edge is new and all that. I have a feeling that maybe in the future airlines will realize oh wait people are flying across the country and building (laughs) droids at disneyland and they kind of need to be on the plane i don't know um 
the whole situation. Well, I know yeah. lightsabers. Lightsabers have always been an issue, especially with flights. Um, I know a lot of people when they go to Star Wars Celebration or conventions, you need to get an oversized carrying case for a lightsaber. They will not let you bring it on as a carry-on. The blades are too long, so it doesn't fit the size. Uh, a lot of people will get like trombone cases and put their lightsabers in there. If it's a detachable saber, sometimes they fit in your luggage. But lightsabers have always been a thing that the airlines are like, no, you can't carry that on. It's, it's too big and will not fit in an overhead compartment. So there's that one. The technology that is used for the droids might have, because they do interact in the land and they do have new sensors in there, um, that might be an issue with this, like the plane's computer possibly, because it is taking in signal the entire time you're in Disneyland. I'm not sure if it's RFID technology or what it is, but I'm wondering well, if that could be Well, regardless of that, that it sounded like she had a good time, right? Um, I can't wait. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she told me that it was like one of the greatest experiences oh. she'll never forget. Uh, and that it's freaking oh. amazing in there. Was it insane? Um, she said, uh, she, I, I talked to her a bit about it, but she didn't tell me like, and then when you get here, this is like, she didn't get super what? granular with it. A lot of the things we talked, we went to lunch today. But was it like crazy crowded about, and unfun but, uh, because of that or? Well, no, because of okay. the reservation so it's, system. It's well done. She said it wasn't too bad. Yeah, she did tell me yeah. that uh, because of the reservation system and because everyone rushed to the ride first, she said that she had, she wished that she had done the lightsaber first because she waited in line for a couple hours Ooh. to build her lightsaber. Now, is um, this different than the lightsaber and, building you can do, you have been able to do? Oh, well, don't yeah. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I don't Very know. Very So you know me. how at the parks. Well, no, uh, I'm just, uh, all I'll say is that the the one that you would you used to do, they were plastic lightsabers, and they were just like in the Star sure. Tours gift shop. Like, nothing too special. Um, consider this to be like uh, so the wand shop at Harry Potter over, like, in yeah. Universal Studios. Um, so there's a whole whole story behind you getting there and building it and all that. Hang on. The, the Polygon wrote about it, and I just want to read the headline yeah. because it is... Uh, a great headline but i can't hang on i'm trying to find it but yeah she told me that um she it took her a couple hours to get the lightsaber built uh not not actual building it was waiting in line that was the thing um and by the time she got out they were nearing the end of that reservation she said the waiting for the millennium falcon ride was oh, wow. five minutes so she was like i kind of regretted like rushing to the ride because i could have done the lightsaber yeah. and then finished up at the Millennium Falcon ride, which she didn't tell me anything about, but oh she gosh. said it was amazing. <laughs> um, and then she told me that Rise of the Resistance isn't open, but the building is there, and it is freaking massive. Um, so she's like, uh, we actually we went to lunch with a guy that she knows from ILM, and uh, he's oh, working so on cool. the ride. And he wouldn't he he didn't tell us anything, but like it sounds. From all the rumors and things that we've been hearing about it, it sounds like it's gonna be freaking well, again, insane. Like, um, but we'll find out in December because I'm I'm going again. Again, in December. if it's if it's been X years since they made the Pandora ride, and the Pandora ride was the most amazing thing I've ever mm -hmm. seen, I I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. She told me that was great. Oh, so the. Uh, the Polygon article they wrote about the lightsaber thing is, excuse me, 
building a custom lightsaber at Star Wars Land blends a drug deal with a religious <laughs> oh <my> experience. <laughs> um, I do know because Lily couldn't bring her her what she calls her new son uh her droid and then uh the lightsaber on the plane her mom i guess has to bring them up in july so she won't have them for a bit but from what all all accounts the lightsabers are legit like they are heavier than maglite flashlights they're made of metal they're they're like hardcore um price are about 200 bucks i'm gonna spend all my money um yeah, and my the only droids issue are about with the lightsabers. Bucks. Yeah, my only issue with the lightsabers is because you're using a a metal hilt and then you're adding rings over that to you know customize it. Okay, it does look very chunky. Yeah, That's my they only do issue look a little them, but do... chunky, but at the same time, well, yeah. like I don't know, I feel like it gives you... it a little more like heft, you know? Are they fighting and durability, sabers? Yeah. yeah, I have to. I... That's the thing I want to know: are... are they combat ready? <laughs> <laughs> They Ooh. say they are battle ready, but I wouldn't consider them a stunt saber. So, like, if you do some of the lightsaber companies, they have a thicker uh, plastic blade, so you can actually hit them against each other and the lights won't go out. Uh, I haven't heard anyone try that with these yet, and I would be very careful because if you break your blade, you got to spend another 50 I'm, bucks on a new blade. I'm sure all of the, <laughs> the saber guilds around the United States will be trying these things out and will have. Oh, I'm sure they're, yeah. they're like, yep. Broke it already. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be able Shout to report to my buddy at, uh, whether or not they are truly battle-ready or not. Shout out to my buddy who is in a fighting guild yeah. in uh, Manhattan who works at Jigsaw. Ayo. Nice. nice. Um, but yeah, they are legit, and I can't wait to build one. Um, I do know about uh, like how you go about finding the lightsaber thing, but I'll keep that to myself. A friend of mine actually just texted that to me maybe two hours ago about him and his wife when they went for uh, the cast preview. So yeah. I I don't necessarily want a lightsaber, but I might just oh my gosh, do you it guys. so I can have the experience <laughs> because it sounds really wait. cool. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Galaxy's Edge getting, now open. Yeah. Very excited. I haven't. I, I've heard reports that the food is also very good. See, and I've heard. Oh, I can go into this later on. I've heard mixed things about the food. Oh, really? But either way, I'm not I mean, gonna like not get Disneyland food. food is always kind of. It's okay. Don't you know? Well, the hard it's part not is terrible. Too, yeah, it's okay. There's new. Well, it's not it's Harry new, Potter land menu. food. Yeah, but it's a new menu. Good. It's new foods. It takes them a while to you know get used to um, making it that much. You know. Yeah. I heard like that go to the uh, Coca Cola cans raised in price by like sixty cents from like the first day to the second day. Uh, the cool little Coca-Cola thermal detonators, but yeah, because I think oh, they were just selling out of them so quickly. They were probably selling out like so crazy because cool. they're like uh, a they're memorabilia. They're, well, yeah, they're cool, but also they only have of... so many. They're probably like, oh, crap. they thought it was just going to be like out. Coke cans, but it's memorabilia. So yeah, everybody wants to keep them, so they're probably like they can't fish them out of recycling and reuse them. They're like, oh no, like everyone's keeping them we have to make more quick oh, <laughs> yay. I can't wait. Can't wait. yeah yeah uh we did, did also find out that the grand oh. go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead did either no. of you watch the grand opening ceremonies online nope if you have time watch it they don't show too much 
and uh, there's a moment where uh, Harrison Ford dedicates something to Peter Mayhew, and it made me really. Were happy there like to see. stars there? Were the stars there? Oh, Harrison. Uh, I won't. Okay. I won't say other okay. than Harrison Ford did something, but if you want to watch it, it's fun. It's Mark a fun watch. Was also there, but I think that was it. Oh, fun, yeah. fun, fun, fun. No, there's a few oh, more. Really? Okay. Carrie Fisher's oh, hologram. No, okay. <laughs> that would be so messed up. I don't just... like when that people do that when they're like Tupac is shit. I'm like, no, Tupac is, is dead. Though? Stop. Hey, Tupac was legit, okay? Tupac is with Elvis. Yeah. On the and other they're planet. On the yacht. They went home. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's next? Um Men in Black's such a great movie. Uh, we also found out that Galaxy's Edge takes place after the events of Episode Eight, The Last Jedi. Although I'm sure after Episode Nine comes out, they'll be like, "It's actually also after Episode I've... Nine. You know, it's fine. Yeah. Well, they said it's going to be a very fluid movement. They want the part to to yeah. to fit well, in with that. the current time of the movies. So. Well, yeah. I well, mean, we'll see. That's always kind of been what keeps Disneyland super relevant is that yeah. it changes a lot. With, yeah. And they did that with Star Wars. It kind yeah. of reminds me of like uh, World I... of Warcraft. Like, after a big movie will come out, there'll be, like, a cataclysm, and then they're going to, like, you know, set the whole thing on fire or something, or tear down a wall. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Real quick, though, since you mentioned it, Becky, are you going to play oh, WoW Vanilla hell with yeah. me? yeah. Don't are we doing this? Time. All right. All right. <laughs> Just checking. I have a friend who, I have a friend who's, we're going to try and set aside, like, a day every week where we get online and play with characters Tell me, that we I want to play. play. Can together. I join? All right. No, I'm, you can. I've you invested can we'll the time. It. I am. Yeah. A, I'm. A, I bleed. Wow. We'll talk- I. I'm. I'm in it yeah. to win it. Yeah. All right. We'll. 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 We'll talk after the show because I'm very excited about Wow Classic. This is a Star we'll Wars podcast, that. Jeff. Um, but going going back to <laughs> going back to the, the Star Wars podcast timeline no, of no Klingon talk the timeline of Galaxy's Edge. It, I. I. I do like that Disneyland is always been kind of a fluid place where they update stuff. The the only thing that I don't like is when they sort of bulldoze things that are very core mm-hmm. to their to its history um like sometimes the weird little like scars and the the random kind of things that have like the myths and urban legends about them i feel make it a lot more special which is one of the reasons i feel like i like disneyland a lot more than world is i feel like there's all these weird little things about land that have these stories yeah. whether true or not sort of are interesting uh it's mystical yeah. yeah it's like it's got like the the place has like a weird kind of history and energy to it that like you can't explain and there's like a lot of there's all these the little secrets like what is what do these random numbers on that door mean it's like oh then this book it said that it's this well, thing. you know i, I love that stuff look at the two I, differently I like disney world is like you know the polished showcase piece that's perfect and clean and magical and with your if you're in within 50 miles of the park you're part of in the clean beautiful disney world but you know the la one is like kind of dirty and janky <laughs> and has all this weird history and is like well it's right. it's like walt disney's experiment I like, like it's still yeah, experimenting cool. on itself yeah also the corn dogs are <laughs> legit oh i cannot uh, wait yeah but that line <laughs> <laughs> who cares man i it's worth it it's worth it all right oh yeah we're getting corn dogs uh we talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the show but ea play 2019 that is e3 this weekend star wars jedi fallen order gameplay arrives june 8th at 9 30 a.m on a saturday time. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, wake it's up Pacific and time. Ha 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 ha. I'm on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, Pacific time. Not yeah. specific time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll be awake and working during this, but I'm very excited. Um, yeah, I I both love and dislike E3 for a lot of reasons, but uh, it'll be fine. I'm excited to see Jedi Fall in order. Yeah. So it'll be cool. Um, let's see. What is next on the docket? This one is interesting, and I want to get your weird little <laughs> theories on this. I think it's a lot more simple than probably a lot of people are making it out to be, but, and I haven't seen any anybody, but I just know, like, in my head, like, Star Wars fans are nuts. So, like, I just have this feeling, like, there's all these weird theories about this, but I feel like it's probably more simple than we're giving you credit for. But... Uh, Matt Smith was removed from the Rise of Skywalker cast list. Um, and I will read the quote here from JediNews.co.uk. It says, Smith was officially confirmed to be in the film. He was cast in the film. Then he suspiciously denied that he was in it. Then there was a wild rumor regarding who he was playing in the film. And now his name has been removed huh. from the cast list. Uh, it says, is Lucasfilm trying to hide his involvement, or was he involved, and then when the in- information about his character leaked, they cut his role and changed the film, so he's not That's included. That's absolute BS, I don't BS 100%. I don't think they would ever do yeah. that. Uh, it's interesting to see how Smith is being treated in this film, and I wonder what the story is behind his involvement, blah, 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 blah. I think it's probably just a question of editing and uh, the- things. It's possible that maybe he's playing someone important that we're not supposed to know about. Like maybe he's a Palpatine clone or like a something or whatever. Like he could also be the next uh, Constable Zuvio. We're like, oh, he's gonna be this big. Thing. Yeah, oh, like he's, he's got action figures already, and then he's not well, in the yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, I. It could I be that too. I highly doubt that like, he's going to be in it. If now they're saying he's not. Um, I think yeah. if it was an editing decision, though. It's weird that he had denied his involvement because that wouldn't really track. So I have a question about the official cast list. Is this something that was posted? Because I I was trying to find the information. I couldn't find it. Was this something that was posted by Disney or is this something that was found on IMDb? Great question. Because if it's IMDb, that is, you know, that's anybody could have put that on there. They put Tomorrow Morrison was going to be in episode 7 and 8. I remember we talked about it um, mm-hmm. a long time ago, and I, I can't even recall if it was official, you know? It's, it's like one of yeah. those things. <laughs> so who knows? Like, shrug, <laughs> you know? We'll find out he, in December. He's, apparently we this will, yeah. is, <laughs> as far as I can tell, I'm definitely not in the movie. Which is a weird way of phrasing it. Um, he could have also been a background character too. Just like a, you know, uh, who was the one that was a stormtrooper? Double uh, Seven. What was his name? Uh, I, 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 so I, I don't know about that, but like, I think. So was there ever an official announcement of his casting? No. 
that's what I'm trying to figure out if it was by Disney or if it was something that someone saw. Oh, on IMDb, he's on there. Because if it's IMDb, um, you can't trust that. I'm seeing it's it per Variety. Variety said it. Um, yeah, there's a slash film article that's like Star Wars Episode Nine cast Matt Smith. Yeah, Variety reports. So it might have been like it might have been true at a at a point and then just did from a certain happen. point of like, view and then it just didn't happen like who knows you know uh, yeah know. so it was a ver- it was a variety report i guess no one well, confirmed yeah. it um it says there was never an official press release so maybe it was yeah maybe it was an early thing early meeting early idea someone leaked and it fell through early on um but that's strange. That's a strange thing to happen. I think this is what happens, though, when everything is shrouded in secrecy. People aren't sure what they're allowed to say. So you get these kinds of half answers yeah. to questions. But I, I, wish, I wish they would just give us a straight answer on this one. Like, if, if he's not in the movie, just say he's not yeah. in the movie. Like, Yeah. But if, if it is, like, the, the weird, like, conspiracy part of me wants to be like, oh, it must be you know like uh, he must be some character that we're going to be surprised by but why would you know a new I mean? actor but, be that but then surprise? i'm like like it wouldn't be like because uh, then it's even worse because then you're calling more attention to the fact that it's matt smith and not whoever the character is you know why would it be important for it to be sure. matt smith you know i just because he's a big actor it's i don't not know very star warsy that's we'll find out Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. We'll find out in December. All right. Speaking of unconfirmed <laughs> reports, <laughs> uh, I'm going to read this from uh, Star Wars Newsnet. But there is a report from BuzzFeed, alleged Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic movie being developed, finds screenwriters. So I'll, read, I'll read a little bit of this. Um, it says, a new report suggests that and I'm going to butcher this name, and I am so sorry. Uh, Light, Leita Caligridis. That's a tough one. No I'm so sorry. <gasps> uh, we'll be writing the first script in a trilogy of movies based on the older public era, said to take heavy inspiration from, from Star Wars Knights of the Older Public game. Um, BuzzFeed News has apparently verified an interesting scoop from three different sources claiming that Caligridis... <laughs> Who began? Who? who uh, whose work? On uh, God, what? Is, whose work? The screenplays for the. Fi- oh my God! <laughs> Star Wars news. Come on. <laughs> she worked on Shutter Island, Alita: Battle Angel, and served as the showrunner on the first season of Netflix's yes. Altered Carbon. Um, she's apparently working on the next Star Wars movie after the release of The Rise of Skywalker this December. She also served as an executive producer on James Cameron's Avatar. She's got cred in all sorts uh, of places. She's got cred. She's got cred. It says, if this report is accurate, then she'll be the first female writer to spearhead a Star Woo-hoo! Wars movie in the Disney era, uh, with Lee Brackett's work on The Empire Strikes Back being the first and only example prior to that. And there's also Carrie Fisher's script doctoring work on multiple Star Wars movies, which, what? when, just, when did that she happen? She changed her lines, right? She would help write her character. Oh. We talked about that on I the George Lucas that. episode, That's I think. That's interesting. 
Oh, interesting. Um, her script, which has been in development since spring of 2018, is said to be cl uh, close to completion and will be the first of a trilogy of films. Lucas film president Kathleen Kennedy stated at last month's Star Wars Celebration Chicago that the older public era was something that Lucasfilm was very much interested in exploring, although she would not announce any specific projects since the underwhelming uh, blah, blah, box blah, blah, office blah, blah, total blah, blah. for Solo, A Star Wars Story. <laughs> Lucasfilm have reevaluated the release schedule. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we already kind of know that. December 2022, 2024, 2026. Uh, and then we know about Benioff and Wise. Uh, I love children. Shutter Island. So, it's a really well-written movie. It's awesome that she wrote that. I have not seen Altered Carbon yet, but I heard great things. Um, yeah. I will also say, though, that... Yeah. Go this goes on to say... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm I was sorry. just going to say that scripts uh, can be written and then live for decades without anything else coming forth from them. So the fact that it's the scripts to completion does not mean anything after that will happen ever, guaranteed. For sure. And it's probably going to get rewritten by, like, multiple people. And then actually changed right. during and production. And then again during editing. Pretty much all the time. Exactly. Um uh, going on more in this article, and this is something that I'm interested in discussing. It says, uh, some are unsure if this means that her work, if she is working on a third potential trilogy compared to the two oh, in the pipeline from Benioff and Weiss and Ryan Johnson, mm. or if she's co-writing the trilogy with Benioff and Weiss. As we've been told previously, Benioff and Weiss are indeed working on a movie series set in this era. I the think same. it's the latter. I think that's just I, a lot of speculation. I mean, sure. Like, like this is totally It's like, maybe she's doing this. Maybe she's doing that. Maybe she's I running a... I will say, like, I just, would love the wait. idea if Benioff and Wise <laughs> yeah. had a lead writer who was a woman. I think that is something that they would love, like, would be <laughs> beneficial <laughs> to those guys. Um, yeah. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. I'm just not a fan of all the speculation, like maybe she's doing like maybe this is happening they put out maybe like nine different maybes and like but we don't know she could yeah be maybe she's snoke alex maybe she maybe she's born with it maybe it's maybelline we don't know yeah maybe but it's, it's, it's just I, I just love all these articles that when something there's like one little possible thing they just go out of the way to try to bring in nine thousand other possibilities to make their article seem even better it's like you're reporting on, on a movie. No, well, don't bring please. in more movies. BuzzFeed News is, are the ones reporting this. And I know BuzzFeed gets a bad rap, but their They're news legit. stuff They're is legit. usually like pretty legit. But this, is, this is where I'm starting to like, uh-oh, is the rest of BuzzFeed leaking <laughs> into the news section? Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, But I do, I do really hope that this isn't a third trilogy that I'm going to watch when I'm 48. Like, I kind of hope that this is the Benioff and Wise thing, which I think, like, they would be good at executive producing uh, a thing like this. And if they are doing a trilogy, it would be cool if they were just overseeing, like, yes. the arc of it, but got writers to come in and just, I like, would, sort of. That would be a much better pill to swallow if they had different voices come in, hopefully, diverse yes. voices. I agree. Even it like it, I would even prefer it if they were yeah if they were just the executive producer like uh, ship ship rights of the trilogy and they had different directors and writers coming Do in it. to flesh it out. That would be I would be much more excited about that 
prospect than them having like all of this total power you know but uh, again like i said on on twitter like maybe a month ago like even if these are bad yep like who cares it's all good it's fine well i mean yeah <laughs> i would i would care if they're bad but i think again it's a ton of speculation but, and they could literally be writing or directing or we, we just don't know and i have a lot of faith in kathleen kennedy yeah that we've seen how they handled solo which what didn't end up being a bad film but it didn't start the best way it could have with all the issues with the directors so i have enough faith that if something were to go yeah. down you know the wrong path that her and the rest of the production team and everybody would step in and say, hey, you're not giving us what we've asked for and what let's the people the want, so um, let's, let's fix it. That reminds me, though, yeah. I yeah. think after our part two of this Mandalorian thing, can we please do the episode where we go back and look at predictions before things? Oh, yeah. I've yes. been stockpiling yeah, these for the past few months. Nice. Thank God. Um, I did watch a... Uh, <laughs> A hello greedo video today i love that guy by the way he's the best he did a video that was like all of the uh he looked at a bunch of reviews about empire strikes back yep. like when it came out so he went and looked at like all these old Starlog magazine uh articles and like all these different reviews and there it's a mix of people being like oh it's pure entertainment it's great and there's people being like this movie doesn't have an ending <laughs> accurate like, accurate and stuff <laughs> Yeah, and then there's all these people like writing. He, he talked about it too. He's like, you, he's like, back then when like you read someone's review and you didn't like it, like you couldn't just tweet at them. Like you had to write a letter. <laughs> like you had to, you had to pay for postage to like send this in. Like, it, so then he starts reading like people's responses to the Starlog review of like them not liking it and stuff. It's re- it's really good. I, Hello Greedo's the best. Amazing, oh, that guy. amazing. He's awesome. Um. One of the one of the few Star Wars YouTubers I actually enjoy. Uh, let's see. I, I think that's it. That's thing? all the news. Oh, uh, we kind of decided that wasn't okay. about Star Wars, and then we decided, but we can bring it, it, it up. Was, it's basically just a. It's kind of cool. yeah. It's kind of cool. It's it's a way for Disney to find underrepresented directors ah. with diverse perspectives to create. An amazing short for Disney Plus. So they're going to basically find all of these um, young filmmakers, basically, from diverse backgrounds, like going through film school and stuff. And they're basically going to find the ones that have lots of promise, right? And they're going to mm-hmm. get a uh, up to six uh, directors, or they're going to get six directors, and then they get to do a seven-month program where they're basically mentored by a disney filmmaker um and they get to create a short film that will go on disney plus which i think is a really cool uh a really cool school patronage i love it Um, yeah yeah i think it's pretty i think it's pretty neat um but yeah that's all the news uh and you're not eligible to apply if you've already directed a theatrically distributed, scripted, or non-documentary feature film. So I like you have that. to be like a student, basically, like near the end of film school, basically. Which I think is neat. I like when companies do that kind of stuff because you give a lot of opportunity to people that might not necessarily have it or might have trouble um, 
like getting their message out and like the film industry and like the entertainment industry in general is already like tough to break into so things like this are appreciated amazing um yeah not necessarily star wars related but it was cool i thought it was i thought it was neat uh what do you say we go on to our creatures of the week (laughs) (laughs) let's do it I seriously did. I'm actually surprised. I did not look that low on the notes and see that there were two things. Uh, <laughs> there are yeah. two. It's the 50th episode. We might as well do two. Yeah, creatures screw it. This one's great. The Mythosaur. I like this. Mythosaurs were a species of animal native to the outer rim world of Mandalore. Enormous in size, the Mythosaurs dominated their world until the arrival of Mandalorian yes. Tong? Sure. Led by the warrior known as Mandalore the First in a campaign to conquer the world for their own. Mandalore the First and his crusaders slaughtered the giant, gigantic beasts and drove them to extinction. The skull of the Mythosaur became the symbol ah. of Mandalore, the traditional ruler of all the Mandalorian clans, which that symbol is canon still. Hey, we talked about those we guys did. today. What? We did. And we have a bu- 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 Wait, 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 real quick on real quick on the Mythosaur. <laughs> uh, I just What's up? I, I love oh, this is non-sentient <laughs> by the way, but I also like how it says average height, city-like proportions. Average length, city-like Proportions. City-like proportions. <laughs> Enormous size. Oh, my size. God. Wasn't, wasn't that a thing in Clone Wars? No, you're thinking about the Zillow Beast. Yeah, because like, I remember there was a like a kaiju episode of Clone yeah, Wars, Yeah, that's right? the Zillow Beast. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Who doesn't love a good uh, space the, kaiju? Yeah, for the for the b- 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 bonus, Basil- Basilisk War Droid. You're thinking, what? The Basilisk Wardroid was a powerful semi-sentient. Oh, it's disqualified. Uh, semi-sentient combat droid designed by the Basiliskin race native. Basiliskin race native to the planet Basilisk. Say Basilisk four thousand times. Located in the core worlds, following the Mandalorian Crusader's conquest of Basilisk in four forty seventeen BBY. It's very specific. The Mandalorian warriors pillaged the powerful war droids for themselves. It was known uh, as the Iron Beast. So I think the biggest takeaway for these guys is that they're, the, yeah, the Iron Beast, and they were, they came to be valued as animal-like companions. Oh. So they treated these droids also, like like creatures. Like your war, like pretend your dog had a face that was done. <laughs> like that's how they treated them. Oh my God! Because these literally had a face that a was a face guns. of guns. <laughs> so yeah. cute <laughs> that's funny yeah so that was the bonus the b- 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 bonus creature <laughs> uh and i think that is it unless there's other stuff and i just want to say you know if you know thanks for listening episode 50 if for some crazy reason you've listened to all 50 episodes you're amazing and thank you for being on this fun yeah. little nerdy journey with us we've had a blast yeah, can you remind journey. us what episode one was about? Because I don't remember. It was about how we fell in love with Star Wars. Ah. It was like us recounting like our first memories of it, I think. Back in my Go day, back. that was only 
three Star Wars movies. Back in my day, we didn't have Star Wars. We only had Star Tours, and it was a Star Speeder 3000. You know, going going back to... Um, yeah, it's called How We Fell in Love with Star Wars. That's our episode one. Um, I'm, I'm very interested this December when we go to Galaxy's Edge, because I'll be going with you know, friends and stuff, possibly, but I'm mainly going with Nicole, who won't be able to go in August, and then family, who won't be going in August. They'll be going then for the first time. Uh, and my dad is the one who introduced me to Star Wars, and he's kind of jazzed about it. I'm interested to yeah. see his reaction. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. It. I'd love to take my dad there and just see, because for me, too, he introduced me to Star Wars as a bootleg VHS tape. And uh, he's like, this is Star Wars, and we'd go to the flea market and find the vintage choice before they made new ones. And he is super yeah. excited to go. Like, I think he's as excited, if not more excited. You than know, I am. my parents have, were never star Wars like <laughs> nerds, but they've always encouraged my star Wars fandom and they've listened occasionally to the pod. And they actually are excited to, to go down to Disney world for the first time in years to check it out. Mostly because I think they know it's so important to me, but yeah, I think, I think it's going to be really cool for them too. So yeah, it's bringing the family together. Yeah, should be excited. Yeah, so I I know that I'm at least going with Nicole, uh, my parents, and my uh, little sister. Well, if I if if going. I can get time off, I might just happen to be at the same time you guys are. Just just saying. Hey, the the Falcon holds six people, yeah. so if you need an extra gun, no, everybody everybody should come. Lily talked about like going again. I told her I was going in December, and she was like, "Oh snap!" Because she didn't. She wants to go on Rise of the Resistance. I, I, I just like, have to see just, how much money I have after. D23 because that might hit me hard <laughs> sure but you have you have like three whole months to save up I, I might as well just book a hotel room now right <laughs> I will we'll, we'll figure it out I need to talk to my parents again because we talked about it and we're like yeah let's do it but we didn't like say yes we're doing this because uh, we're the reason this came up is because we were talking about like we should just not buy like the family should not buy each other Christmas presents, and we'll all well, just go to Disneyland trade-off instead. And I was like all on board for this because I I love Christmas, but I hate buying people gifts because it's just such a, you know, like it's just such a pain, and also just like people get like offended when you don't get them gifts, and then it's like oh i spent more money on this person and this person this is why i just kind of like baking thing i'm like you're getting cookies like you're, you're getting, getting some wookie cookies and like, we're calling it a day i would much rather oh, yeah i would much yeah, rather get cookies. baked goods most of the time for christmas most of the time my my uh nicole's mom just gets me like cooking supplies and i'm i'm totally jazzed well i always so get star fine. wars stuff now so i'm, I'm um, okay with christmas <laughs> I know. I always get some like socks or you know something, which I love. I love a good pair of socks. I'm wearing my the socks I'm wearing now are all these like chimps in in uh, suits, and then there's also like randomly staplers. <laughs> Is it male chimp? <laughs> I'm not sure why, because it's Is like it a chimp, chimp going to work. That's it. That's a thing. Chimp? Um, my socks are R2D2s, so you know oh, I'm on man. brand. Male chimp. Hang on. I don't. I don't have socks. I'm sorry. No, not the service male chimp. It's it's like a chimp in like a like a suit and tie. Wow. Like he's going to work. And then and then there's Josh. little staplers. But on is it, it too. a male chimp or a female chimp? That's the question. Oh, I don't know. Find out. Chimp a chimpo I'm, I'm or a chimp? I'm calling it. I'm calling it. 
This is Star Wars podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, if you if you'd like to follow me personally on the Twitters, you can do so at the Jawa Josh. Um, and if you'd like to give any money to the show, help support us and get access to a bunch of exclusive content. And then of course, if you pay five dollars and up, you're gonna get a bunch of free goodies bunch of cool stuff which we'll announce like the whole package and stuff later um but you can go to patreon.com slash long time ago radio even a dollar a month helps us and honestly we do not use this we do not really pocket this money this money usually goes back to all you guys we we literally spend all this money on stickers and stuff and we bought alex a new microphone that is like literally the extent uh, to what our money buys. Yeah, I know so, we used a chunk yeah. of it last uh, Comic Con to buy those prize packs that we hit around too. So we always, it's, it's always for yeah. the fans. Yep. Yeah, we still have a bunch of leftover stuff from uh, Celebration, and we're going to be bringing that to D twenty three and a bunch of other stuff. We're going to make a bunch of new goodie bags with some of the money that we've collected over the last couple months, um, and then we will all also be saving a lot of that money for next celebration to buy even more toys and patches and buttons and stickers all kinds of cool stuff that we can give out to you guys um anyway that is it for me where can all if you want to find me i'm on twitter at rebecca june lane while you're there you can hit up our official twitter which is at lta underscore radio don't find me anywhere. Instead, just go to facebook.com slash radio. Give us a like there and check out some of the cool stuff we've been posting. Um, definitely when we go to D23 Expo, we'll be posting tons of pictures there. We might not post too many from Galaxy's Edge because I'm sure there's other people that haven't visited yet that still want to you know, go in fresh. We'll, we'll post a few things, but not too much. But we've sure. been posting a lot lately about you know, the opening of the park. Uh, funny pictures just we want to make our facebook a little more active so just go give us a like there and uh, shoot us a message if you ever have any ideas for a future episode or something you want us to talk about or to address within the star wars fandom because we're all about that yeah we're definitely when we are there for um uh galaxy's edge and when we are at d23 we're definitely going to do a couple uh episodes and maybe some like video picture things we'll, we'll do stuff we might even, depending on how well the reception is i would be totally down to do a live stream from somewhere there let's do it, it uh yeah do. i have unlimited data so we can do whatever we want <laughs> so we're doing like, it yeah so we're doing it like i yeah um i think that's it i do want to mention that if uh, anyone listening is a fan of horror movies they should go check out our new show called Dark Corridors on all of your favorite podcast services. Um, we have a we have a third episode planned really soon, but uh, with E three coming and most of the people on that show being game industry folk, we just do not have time. So um, that'll probably the third episode, which is either going to be the Vault or Alien, is going to be after E three. Uh, but for now. If you'd like to hear us talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a movie that I had never seen previous to doing this episode, we have that up on the feed now, and that was a good time. So go ahead and give that a listen. And I think yep. that's it. Yep. Everybody good? Yep. Feel confident? All right. That's going to do it, everybody. May Peace. the force be with you. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>